welcome you in to another episode of Inside Boxing Live. I am Dan Canobio. That is not Chris Algieri. That is our friend Rob Tebbett from Boxing News. Unfortunately, Chris is feeling a little under the weather. He is doing well, though. Uh, but he is this is his first show that he's missed. The Iron Man streak is over. We'll be brought in. The, the the righty replacement the the righty reliever i'm guessing that you're a righty i'm just assuming rob tebbett boxing news rob how are you dan always a pleasure thanks for Russia having me and all the best to chris algieri um if if illness can strike down a man in that physical condition then i have absolutely <laughs> no hope that's what i felt like too and that's a lot of people said in our office they're like well that, that guy's like the picture of health i was like yeah even even guys like him that have eight packs and eat avocados and uh you know fighter's kitchen it happens. It happens to the, to the best of us. So, uh, Chris will be back. We'll all be in Vegas together uh, at the end of the month. Rob, you're heading down, right, for for Canelo, for Charlo? I am indeed, yes. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we started filming, uh, Spence Crawford was my first trip to the States since before the pandemic, since Wilder Fury 2, um, and I now have a thirst for it. I, um, <laughs> I uh, It's wet the appetite, and I will be back out um, on the Monday of fight week, the full week in Vegas. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. What do you think about that fight? Like, we'll get um, into a lot of topics today, but we might as well start there. Like, it's starting to ramp up a little bit. We're about two weeks out. Um, it doesn't have the same buzz as a, of a Spence Crawford. Doesn't have the same buzz as a Ryan Tank. But it is an intriguing fight. Uh, how do? What's your stance on, on it? And how do you feel like the the fans are, are are reacting to this fight between Charlo and Canelo? Yeah, I think it's um, it's fair to say that it's not Spence Crawford or Davis Garcia levels of, of of hype just yet. I mean, Spence Crawford is a fight that we all waited for many, many years for. Davis Garcia kind of had that new age, like we, nobody expected that fight mm. to happen, I think, realistically, um, because of the way that boxing is. So it's quite an unexpected treat. Uh, but Canelo Charlo, to me, look, it's a fascinating fight. I think Canelo is rightly the favorite, more so for the activity for me, as opposed to uh, the weight. Um, I think when the fight was announced, I put out a tweet about uh, Canelo and Jamel were actually world champions at 154 at the same time. So there isn't this kind of huge gulf in in natural size that maybe some are talking about. I think Canelo is, while I think Canelo would, would desperately struggle to make 160 pounds, I don't think he's the biggest super middleweight, even though he has settled into that weight. Um, and for Jamel, I think he's been at 154 for a long time. I can't imagine it's it's particularly easy for him to make the weight, and particularly when you consider his his layoff. Um, but it's an interesting fight. I think Canelo is rightfully the favourite, but I think Jamel Jamel is a live dog. Um, mm. But I struggle to see how he gets the win. Um, I think that short of of Canelo being significantly past his best, I do feel that the activity more so than anything will. We'll swing it in Canelo's favor. I would have liked to have seen Jamel follow up that brilliant performance he had against Brian Castagno in the rematch. Yeah, with something. Um, but I mean, for one reason or another, I know we had obviously a very bad hand injury, one of the reasons why we didn't get the Tim Zhu fight. We've not had that. And it's a massive opportunity for him. It's a huge fight. It would be, you know, a seismic win, jumping up two weight classes uh, to become a two weight undisputed champion, of course. But yeah, I like the fight. I'm excited by it. I quite like this kind of the respectful build up, but I do feel like it may, I think it may be like a little bit in fight week. That's the new wave. Now it's no longer, are we seeing these like contrived shoves or bad blood? We're seeing like sportsmanship and Spence and, and Crawford let it off. And I don't mind it. I think it's better than the contrived stuff, the shoving and, and all that, like just prop up your opponent, like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. He had his moments where 
he would rip into opponents if he didn't like them or he didn't care for them. But for the most part, he did something that a lot of fighters I wish did today is he would always prop up his opponent. He would always be like, you know, Shane Mosley's a very dangerous guy. You know, uh, Ricky Hatton, very dangerous man. And, and throughout his career, even to, to McGregor, when I was at the McGregor uh, press conferences uh, for that fiasco, he was talking, he had this whole script about how you can't, you know, doubt this guy, look what he's done in the UFC. He wasn't quick to just denounce him because then it's like, all right, if Floyd doesn't think much of this guy, then why at home should I think much of this guy and why should I buy the fight? So I am liking a lot of that talk. You're right. I think as we get closer to the fight, it's going to ramp up. It's always good to see Canelo. He's talking that he's fully healthy now. I do think he's lost a step. Um, if you just look at the numbers, he's getting hit more. He's throwing less punches. He's a little less accurate. Uh, that's just father time starting to creep in. Will that play a role in, in this fight? We shall see. Will Jamel Charlo have enough to seize that opportunity? But to what you said, I do wish that he was more active. If this was a fight that was made six, eight months after the Castaño fight, this fight would be even bigger than it is right now. There is a little bit of... Um, what does Canelo have left after some bad performances or lackluster performances versus we just haven't seen Charlo in a while. That's why I think this fight is big, but it's 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 not as big as it possibly could be. But you know that we're going to be watching and you know that we're going to be excited for it. Um, before we get into our, our topics this week, football's huge over here, this side of the pond, uh, my friend Rob. It's also back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Nobody's missing out on the action. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. That's every game day this September. Two new offers get in on the NFL Week action uh, with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code IBL to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 and instantly in bonus bets only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code IBL. The crown is yours. You have a gambling problem, you want to go ahead and call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.100gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for uh, for gamblers. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill and Casino Resort, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void uh, csportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Good gracious. I nailed that. What do you think of you that? Did. Shout out the sponsors all, all the time, every time. <laughs> I, I can't name the, the name because I'm I'm contractually obligated to, to only endorse a certain bookmaker over here. But big up the sponsors every time, <laughs> spending your money wisely with John Boy. I was about to Dan say, Canobio. big up to the sponsors everywhere at DraftKings. Uh, we love working uh, with them. Let's get into our first topic this week. This, this news that just broke right before we sat down to record. Shakur Stevenson has a dance partner. No, it's not Frank Martin. No, it's not Lomachenko. No, it's not William Zapata. No, it's not Isak Cruz. Did I miss anyone? It is Edwin De Los Santos. They'll be fighting on November 16th, a Thursday night. Uh, the big story here was Frank Martin agreeing to the fight, pulling out of the fight, purse bid off. He says it's about money. It's always about money. Shakur says, all right, next man up. It's Edwin De Los Santos. I like this fight. I think Edwin De Los Santos, Frank Martin, similar skill sets, similar uh, spots in their careers. De Los Santos is surging, coming off of two big wins, a knockout win over Venezuela, and then he boxed the ears off of 
um, Joseph Adorno. Like, I wasn't expecting that type of performance from De Los Santos. I actually think I lost money that night because I think I picked De Los Santos by stoppage. Didn't think he was going to turn into a prime uh, Pernell Whitaker uh, in that fight, but I don't know what style he'll use against Shakur. Um, let's talk about the fight first, and then we'll get into the Frank Martin nonsense. But Edwin De Los Santos, Shakur, I like this fight November 16th in Las Vegas. It's a good fight. Um, as you mentioned there, De Los Santos in a, a good vein of form. I mean, there's, it's arguable that Frank Martin perhaps isn't after a brilliant year last year. Didn't look at his best in his last bout, admittedly against a decent fighter um, himself, Frank Martin. But yeah, we've landed on Edwin De Los Santos. And as you mentioned, we've kind of taken the long way around to get there. But it doesn't seem to me, Dan, that there are very many people queuing up to fight Shakur Stevenson. And only looking at him for a brief period of time and his in-ring exploits, you can see why. I mean, he's a fantastic talent, Shakur. Uh, I think he will be a sizable favorite in that bout against De Los Santos, although, as you, re- you kind of correctly pointed out there, the win against Joseph Padorno as well kind of showed different wrinkles to his game. But Shakur Stevenson is only getting better each and every time he fights. And I expect him to to win and win in good fashion against Edwin De Los Santos before hopefully luring, enticing one of those other big names at 135 pounds in the ring with him. But it's a good fight. And I think that all things considered with the way that the Frank Martin fight was on again, off again, on again, off again, and kind of fell out in spectacular fashion that it's about as good as we could have got, I right. think. Um, there have been numerous names that have been linked with Shakur Stevenson in recent times, those fights, for one reason or another, haven't come off. But it's an opportunity for him against the guy who's in form, who has a good couple of wins, a consecutive couple of wins, to, you know, put on a statement and keep clamoring for those big, big opportunities. Yeah, most importantly, De Los Santos wants to fight. He sees the opportunity. And for once, the rankings make sense. Like, the, organ- the organization, in this case, is the WBC, and it was Lomachenko. Uh, it was Isaac Cruz, it was Frank Martin, it was William Cepeda. These are names we've heard of. These are worthy names. If you went over to the other three sanctioning bodies and you went down the list of lightweights, you'd see names you've never even heard of. So it is the one case where the the, the first five that didn't take this fight, and then even De Los Santos, who I'm pretty sure is sixth, I mean, he is a guy that some boxing fans know, most know. It's, it's, a, it's a fight that you can sell. Uh, you put it on ESPN. A big thing over here is that it's going to be on a Thursday night. Uh, they're putting it either before or after some type of F1 uh, show or, or race. I think that's what Bob Arum is going for. I see fans using it as a detriment. Like, Frank Martin didn't want to fight because he said Thursday. No, I ain't fighting on Thursday. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that, fight, that fight didn't happen because uh, of money. But I like that De Los Santos, I like that he's he's got some momentum I put out a video earlier today where it's like it's inevitable that Shakur is going to be the next lightweight champ. Any of those names that I just listed, I was favoring him over. Even uh, Lomachenko, obviously Zapata, I think's tailor made for him. Um, Frank Martin, I thought would have put up had in his moments, but ultimately Shakur is just the cream of the crop in my opinion, and he's just uh, at the top of, of the list. But I'm interested to see how De Los Santos fights him. You know, we saw that bruising style that he had for the most part of his career—14 wins. In, in 16 fights, he steamrolled uh, Valenzuela, but then he boxes Adorno. Like, we haven't really seen what works against Shakur Stevenson. This is a guy that goes rounds without being outlanded. You know, he just barely even touched. How is Edwin De Los Santos going to come out and fight this fight? I mean, it's a good question. Um, 
just because we've seen different versions of De Los Santos doesn't mean either one of them are going to work. Maybe we'll see a different version of him this time around. I think it would require first potentially a brave or stupid person to go in there and try and outbox Shakur Stevenson um, for all of the good things that De Los Santos was able to do against Joseph Adorno. Joseph Adorno, with all due respect to him, is not Shakur Stevenson. Um, it kind of... It's difficult. Look, when you have a supersonic talent like a Shakur Stevenson, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of how people suggest you should beat Alexander Usyk, which is, you know, get in there and rough him up, right. get in there and get in his face. And, you know, these guys, that is their bread and butter. People who come forward to them. You mentioned earlier on about William Zapeda. I know Zapeda is more of a volume puncher as opposed to kind of an attritional guy who, who likes to come forward and, and use his physicality. But for me, I don't give much, uh, I don't give De Los Santos much chance of winning the fight either which way he tries to approach it but i think that when you're fighting somebody like shakur stevenson you have to make an imprint on him early and then see what happens that we've not seen shakur buzz to the head i know we saw him hurt with a body shot but i mean even at the time he held it he hit it very well against oscar valdez it it is it, such a difficult conundrum and such a difficult question to put about any fighter, really, but particularly somebody who, with respect to De Los Santos, isn't on that level. I don't think trying to box with Shakur no. on the outside is going to be the way to get it done. But in the same vein, I also don't really see the bulldozing style that ultimately was too much for Jose Valenzuela being enough for, for Shakur Stevenson either. I think he's far too clever for that. So how does he beat him, Dan? With a bat, I think, <laughs> uh, would probably be my recommendation. I don't know if they'll allow that. Um, Shakur only gets hit with 18% of uh, opponents' punches, number two behind Bivol. Uh, his precision is up there, over 40% power shots. I mean, this is a guy that's on a he's on the rise and on the top and is going to go... Uh, should be pound for pound in that discussion as long as he can get the dance partners. Getting the dance partners has been a problem for Shakur. It was the storyline of boxing for the last week. Um, Frank Martin fight does not happen. Um, I said outside of Frank getting the Javante Davis fight, this is a very, very bad look for Frank Martin and his team. They call off the purse bid. When they call off a purse bid, that means that there's some type of agreement, whether it's verbal, whether it's written down. I don't think it was signed, obviously. I think it was a verbal agreement. It seems like Martin and his team were okay with the money at first. They must, someone must have gotten Frank's ear. I'm, I'm just guessing there, or that he backed out. That's when things hit the fan. That's when we start pointing fingers. We start saying duck. We start using those words that we love to use on unboxing Twitter. But it comes down to it. It seems like it's over money. Shakur Stevenson had tweeted and deleted. Uh, you know, he wanted fifty percent. Frank Martin says no, I didn't want fifty percent. It's very clear that it was over money. I can't overstate this more that this is, I think, is such a mistake for Frank Martin. You're, you weren't even in the, the top spot in the WBC rankings. You're 28, 29 years old. Yes, you have Spence in your in your corner, and that is a big reason why um, you have some notoriety in this game right now. But to turn down a fight, that opportunity is crazy to me. I know it's over money, and I, I know that I'm a big advocate for fighter pay, and you you got to get every ounce you can get. But you got to take those opportunities, and it is a slice of irony that Shakur Stevenson also had an opportunity to fight Devin Haney. He turned it down. That's a whole other story there. There's a, It's a lot. It's a lot to, in this potion right here that's been stirring up over uh, on Twitter, and I just sit back and watch it and, and like, oh, that guy's not thinking he's a duck, and that guy is saying it's over money. It's just 
this whole situation is crazy, but I think Martin made a huge mistake. I mean, it, no, it is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, when the fight was first discussed, when the fight was first kind of mooted about a week ago or whenever it was, my initial reaction, and I, I don't, I'd like to hear your initial reaction, was top rank star versus PBC lightweight. That's not going to happen. Like that was kind of my initial immediate suggestion. And then we had the the Twitter back and forth, and then we had the purse bid, and then there was a deal, and then da, 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 and then lo and behold, the fight didn't happen. Look, I think the first thing to to discuss when talking about fights happening or not happening is that these guys do not get to the level that they're at by being scared of anybody, right. let alone uh, another man their size who is a professional fighter. It's what they do. Ultimately, money, politics will get in the way of a lot of these fights. It kind of reminded me a little bit of when the WBC ordered Shakur Stevenson versus uh, Isak Cruz last year. Mm -hmm. It was a similar sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, without prof you know professing to know any of the, the inner workings and the details for it, if I'm in the Frank Martin business, I'm probably looking at the Javante Davis fight. I'm looking at the Isak Cruz fight. I'm looking at those fights on the right side of the street. I'm not advocating for it. I want to see the best fights. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, reinforcing that as kind of the way we do things, but the game is the game and that's how it happens. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't massively surprised. I was surprised to see that they had apparently done a deal. Um, and then boxing has a wonderful way then, as we all know, of just giving you a little bit yeah. and then snatching it away when it looks like you've got it. So, yeah, it, it was disappointing, uh, but for me, not surprising. Yeah, I, I I guess the optimist in me saw done deal. Oh, this is great. PBC, Tom Frank are going to work together. It's a great opportunity for Frank Martin that he normally wouldn't get unless a lot of things had to go right for him. And in that case, it was... Lomachenko turning it down, and Isak Cruz turning it down, William Zapata turning it down, going down that list, and oh, it lands on Frank Martin. I mean, the, I got excited, but also I understand, like, yes, there are his side of the street, like you said. There, he is with PBC. You know, they are saying, hey, listen, at one thirty-five, we have Javante Davis. You might not get him this year, but you could get him uh, a year from now. And unfortunately. In the boxing world, if you keep that O and you, we put you on another card, I'm, this is all we're all just assuming, okay, right here. But we can build that Javante Davis fight up. That's the, the the one side of the thing. But then you look at the money too, like what it's about. I was pretty surprised to see that he got 75k, or at least reported, uh, for the not the Rivera fight, or yeah, it was the Rivera fight. So I mean, even if he was getting the short end of the stick against Shakur, which he should. You know, it was going to be a career-high payday. But, you know, this is, like you said, it is boxing is boxing. The game is the game. Frank is out. It is Evan uh, De Los Santos. And we're going to hear more from Frank Martin, I'm sure. Uh, the unfortunate thing with the boxing world is you don't know what the truth is. I feel like we'll never get the, the exact reasoning for why he didn't take this fight. It's just DMs and hearsay uh, from two fighters. But I want to see what Frank's got next. I, I always love to see Shakur get in there. Interesting, man. It is a uh, dosi do in the in the lightweight division. We'll see William Cepeda in action this weekend. He's fighting Marcito Hesta uh, over uh, on the zone. That's a fun one. Um, but this, if Shakur wins, which we think he should, this should entice. It's the first step, right? It's the first step for him to get other big guys in the ring. He we, he he will have a belt. He will have the WBC belt. Um, I'm under the guys that belts do matter. I do. Not like some of the things that come along with it, you know, sanctioning fees and, and all that. But 
you get a belt. It's the first step for Shakur to getting bigger fights at 135 unification bouts. So I'm interested in that. Uh, let's move over to a, a fight at 140 pounds that we think is happening. But also, it was a lot of negotiations. That's Devin Haney, Regis Prograde. This is set for December 9th. And it's, we're looking at San Francisco, uh, which is the hometown of Devin Haney, Bay Area. Interesting, hasn't been a big fight in San Francisco in numerous years. I think the last big one. Uh, Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao were on the same card together, an old HBO card. I don't have the exact year on that. But Devin Haney, Regis Progre for Haney. He's moving up to 140 to take on Progre, who was the belt holder there. Obviously, uh, a lot of fans out there want to see Haney with Tank. They want to see Haney with T.O. They want to see Haney with Shakur. I don't know, man. This is still a fun fight. This is no uh, duck. This is no soft touch. Devin Haney is continuing to build one heck of a resume, and he's going up against Progre, who, yes, didn't look great in his last fight, but it's still very dangerous. I think this is an intriguing fight. I think it's not the one we all want to see, but it's something that we're all going to be watching on December 9th. Yeah, it's an excellent fight. Um, you know, I, I think that you know people will look back at the Danielito Zaria fight for uh, Regis Progre, and boxing, as we know, Dan, is a very fickle sport. You're only as good as your last performance. Uh, people will forget his stoppage win over Jose Zapata to win the title. Right. Um, and look, Progre is no spring chicken anymore. Unfortunately, I don't think he was really able to capitalize on, admittedly, you know, he, he had a very, very close fight with Josh Taylor in the WBSS final. But it was a brilliant fight. It was one of the best fights that I've seen live. Um, but we've not really seen him. Progress kind of had a very frustrating career. I mean, you'll know better than me from from the American side of things, but he seemed to have been a man without a country for, for a period of his career. And when you don't have that, it's very difficult to have a roadmap in front of you. That's why the World Boxing Super Series, for somebody like a Regis Progress and a Josh Taylor, Callum Smith was another good example of, you know, that structure really working for them getting guaranteed fights against top guys you know world-class fighters who weren't able to entice the biggest names into into the ring or the biggest fights and obviously they were well paid for it but i think haney i was impressed with haney against lomachenko i had lomachenko edge in the fight but it was a very close fight for me and i felt like you know haney winning the fight wasn't an egregious robbery i think it was a close fight that i did have lomachenko winning as i know that the seemingly the vast majority of people did but I thought Haney showed a lot of maturity in that fight. I feel like this kind of notion of him as a quote-unquote boring fighter, um, no. he showed a lot of different areas of his game in that fight. I thought his body work was excellent against Lomachenko. We know that he can revert to type as well with getting on his bike and getting behind the jab and keeping things nice and long. Um, and I feel that's the version of of Haney that will get against Regis Progre, who against Zoria, and again, you know, it doesn't make him a bad fighter overnight, but he was poor that night, Regis Progre. There's no, there's no getting away from that. He followed Zorilla around the ring. It was very kind of rudimentary stuff. There was no imagination to his work. And I do feel like the feet of Haney will be a big difference in this fight. I think he's very long. I think the move up to 140 has been long, long overdue. You would have spoke to Devin Haney over the years, as have I. I think he first said to me that he was looking at moving to 140 about three years ago. Yeah. So it's it's long overdue, in my opinion. And I'm looking forward to seeing Devin Haney at 140. Devin Haney with a little bit more zip in his work. I feel like there have been times the Jojo Diaz fight was a, was a quite an obvious example to me of of Haney kind of 
you know, dropping out after four or five rounds and becoming a bit more flat footed and yeah. making the weight and and staying at one three five while your body is still growing naturally is very, very difficult. Um for Haney and similar to Shakur Stevenson, you kind of touched upon it uh, a few minutes ago, obviously being the undisputed champion at lightweight, but moving to one forty, Haney kind of for me, he's not a Javante Davis whereby, you know, his currency isn't wrapped up in having a belt. I think Haney, Stevenson, those guys who are not big one punch knockout artists, they're they're not uh, you know, uh, kind of extravagant drip aside, not massive personalities yeah. outside of the ring either. Um, you know, belts are important for those types of guys, and particularly while they're carving out this stage of their career. I lean towards Haney in the fight. Uh, I think he's longer than Progray. He's got good feet, and I just wonder whether or not maybe Progray's best years, we never really saw them. Um, it was a brilliant win over Zapeda, but Zapeda has kind of been a bit of a nearly man um, at that level, especially. Obviously, a great fighter, but also blows hot and cold. You know, Zapeda can go from looking sensational on one day to being quite flat and underwhelming the next. So, who knows? Yeah. whether we got a, a progray kind of at his best and there's a Pader who was very close to his best or maybe Zapeda was having one of his off nights and it, there's a there's a few angles to it but I do lean towards Haney and I think it's very clever um, from Bill Haney and the team to go straight up and go for, for Regis Progray. I think it's a fight that does suit him stylistically and it is on the back of a less than stellar performance from Regis Progray against a guy in Danielito Zaria who wasn't doing too much in there and okay. still making progress at, at the very least look bad. So I expect Haney to win the fight, but we've seen Haney against Lomachenko, against Jojo Diaz, both southpaws take the left hand, get touched. Progray can punch harder than both of those guys. Naturally bigger man. It's a good fight, but one that I do expect Haney to emerge victorious. It is a good fight. Progray is interesting. His career is, like you said, been so up and down. He was signed with with Debella, and De, and Lou will tell you if he was here right now that one of the hardest things in boxing is being a promoter without a network deal, and that was the case with Regis Progray. It stunted his growth. Coming off of that World Boxing Super Series close loss to Josh Taylor was when he was at his apex, and he did make a lot of money. I'll give him that. He he went and fought in a red catch on Triller. He, he fought Probellum and made a, more money than he ever should have. And he's made a lot of money, but he's suffered on the other side of it, where it's career growth or whether it's visibility, marketability. And good for him for, for getting a title uh, at, at his age and getting that that shine um, over Cepeda. But you're right about Cepeda. That, that win is not aging well, uh, as we will see Cepeda uh, in a few weeks. Cepeda's fighting next weekend next week. against yeah. Richardson Hitchens. Right, so I, I expect Hitchens to, to, Hitchens to to really do a number on him in that one. So I don't think that win's going to age well. I think this fight's going to come down to, like, progress, like you said. How is he going to look? And if he is closer to what we saw in the Cepeda fight or closer to what we saw um, in, in, in the lead-up post-2021, then I think it could be a tricky night for Haney. But I just think Haney right now is just getting better and better every time out. This is a, a pro Haney uh, show here. Chris is a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of him. I think he get does not get a lot of credit for a lot of things he does in there. He doesn't do one thing great. He does a lot of things well. You know, he goes, he hammers to the body, his dedicated body. That's how he beat or got the win, uh, whether you 
thought he won or not against Lomachenko was great body work. That's something that he's been adding to his game. The jab is beautiful. And something that Chris always says on the show is is the discipline. You know, to, to be at 135 for four years longer than he should have been and just staying on his game plan, even in the ring, when it just seems like the crowd's booing. They may not like the way it looks, but Haney's like, I don't care. I'm winning rounds with a jab. You know, I'll throw a few combinations in there. It's that discipline that I think that has set him apart from some of his counterparts. He's a shot caller, man. He He's a guy that, despite not having the power, not having the huge marketability compared to a Ryan Garcia or Tank Davis or or some of his counterparts, I mean, look at the the wins that he's putting together and, and, and the, the titles that he's collecting. You know, Gamboa in 2020, and he went to Linares. He went to Jojo Diaz. Obviously, the two Camposos fights and everything that came along with that, becoming undisputed, going to Australia, and then follows it up with the Lomachenko fight, and now he's going right to 140. Before you criticize Devin Haney, what are his counterparts doing? You know, I guess Teofimo Lopez is maybe the, the, the closest or uh, the most similar to him, beating Lomachenko and, and then taking on, on Josh Taylor, but he had his pitfalls in between, especially on, on the mental side where it seems like Haney has a lot that going uh, going for him uh, mentally. I like Devin Haney in this fight. I think it's a good good fight. I think it, it will, just like Shakur Stevenson picking up a belt at 135, I think Haney picking up a belt at 140 sets up unification bout with Tiafimo Lopez. It could set up a fight with Ryan Garcia. If he can somehow wrangle the belt from Roley and O'Hara Davies and all that, what's going on there? Haney's smart. His dad is very smart. They're very calculated. I saw some reports, I don't know, maybe you know, that this could potentially be a one-off deal with Matchroom. If that's the case, then I think it's even more brilliant. And I would not be surprised if it can do something like that. But I like this fight a lot. Uh, it's December 9th. Um... It's a pro Dane. This is a pro Devin Haney show, Rob. I think you've you've assessed it very well. I think Devin Haney. How do I how do I kind of phrase this? Um, the Bill Haney, Devin Haney kind of career route that they've taken. I was I was. I had my doubts around the kind of the WBC during that period when he boxed Zara Abdullah for the interim belt. Um, and then was, yeah, was an elevated around that time 135 pounds there was snakes and ladders and pitfalls everywhere it kind of all started with Mikey Garcia moving up to, to box Errol Spence and not vacating the WBC so you had like Luke Campbell Fortuna of course Lomachenko inevitably eventually boxed for it then Haney and I kind of remember thinking at the time I actually I spoke to to Bill Haney in City Gym in Vegas and this would have been sometime in 2019 I remember thinking at the time, like this guy's incredibly conf- like uh, incredibly confident. And at the time, I was thinking this guy's a bit delusional. <laughs> you know, Devin has not done this. He's not done. This. He's you know, a good fighter, but again, similar to what you've just said there, no disrespect at all. That I kind of looked at him and like, okay, well, yeah, he's a good all rounder, solid fighter, good fundamentals. Doesn't really have that X factor. And you've got Bill Haney kind of talking about him like he's going to be this and he's that yeah. and he's this and he's that. And look, I'm happy to admit that I've been very impressed and and that kind of skepticism that I had was was clearly misplaced and misguided. I think they've done a fantastic job with Devin Haney over recent years. He's not been fighting stiffs, as you've mentioned there. He's taken good challenges. He went over to box George Cambosos. Bill Haney couldn't go. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. And the, the coolest man in Australia, it seemed, was Devin Haney. Yeah. He was, I think, the first fight, the way that he handled the whole 
the whole four-or around that. And we had Cambosos who, look, I mean, he, I felt like he lost to Maxi Hughes, but I felt right. like that version of Cambosos, like the confidence just pouring yeah. out of him. He's at home. He's just beat Tiafimo Lopez. He's the emperor. He's this, he's he was that. sky high, yeah. And Devin Haney went over there and completely neutralized him, signed a, a rematch clause, went over there and battered him in the rematch. That's he, what I, mean, I think the, re, the rematch was was more conclusive. Yep. Um, and it kind of make, makes you think with Haney, the discipline, I think, is is absolutely bang on. You mentioned in that to stay at 135, you need to have some discipline and <laughs> need to have a sizable amount of discipline if you're that big at the weight to stay at 135. Um and look, it's it, it can often be that way. It sounds very cliche, but in a sport like boxing, you know, being disciplined and staying in the gym and looking after yourself. And look, Tiafimo Lopez is a wonderful fighter on his night, but when he's not on his night, you know, he blows hot and cold. He lo- he lost to George Cambosis, had a very close fight with Sandal Martin. I didn't mm-hmm. think he looked great against Pedro Camper, but when it mattered the most, he turned up against Lomachenko. He turned up against Tiafimo Lopez. You don't really have those kind of peaks and valleys with Devin Haney. You kind of know what you're going to get from him. And as you've mentioned there, he's starting to now add to things and he's getting into that stage of his career where for such a young fighter, his accomplishments and his experience are very, very impressive. He's wise beyond his years when you listen to him talk. I think both he and Shakur Stevenson have kind of adopted this mantra of, I'm going to win the fight. Whether I stop him, whether I do this, whether I do that, I'd like it to be entertaining. But if it isn't and I win, then job done. And there's a certain, in this kind of fast-paced world that we live in now and, and everybody wants a kind of a straight route to the top and a TikTok moment and a this and a that, these are two guys who are hell-bent on going in there and letting their their craft and their skill set do the talking. And there's a, a certain admiration that I have for that. Yeah. Um, two brilliant fighters. I think, I hope, I wish we get that fight no, um, I, think we I don't want that to be one of those where it's we kind of miss the boat a little bit um i think haney i mean the frame of him it wouldn't surprise me to see him eventually end his career at 54 or even make maybe not 60 but certainly 54 yeah, i think right. we'll see him i can see that i can see it um and yeah i think i think haney is um is a very impressive young man as well as, a, as as being a, a great fighter. Um, and he is a great fighter. Um, for me, I think the fight that I still want the most at 135 is Shakur and Tank. But yes. I mean, well, I think we can sit here all day and, and when we talked about Shakur Stevenson and uh, Frank Martin and the politics that comes with that, I think we could probably do a whole separate podcast for Shakur versus Tank. But we'll take Devin Haney versus Tank or Devin Haney versus Ryan Garcia right. or all of them. Taylor. Give me all yeah. of them. Give me all of them. We talk about discipline. And you know how I keep my discipline, Rob? With HelloFresh. Kickstart fresh fall routine with HelloFresh. HelloFresh handles all the meal planning and shopping to deliver everything you need to cook up tasty meal right at home. They do the hard part for you, and you get to take the credit. When it comes to option, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items from every week. A busy fall schedule doesn't always leave you with time to spare. And with HelloFresh, you don't need to spend all evening in the kitchen to whip up a wholesome meal with their quick and easy recipes. 15-minute meals. You can get tasty dinner on the table in less 
time it takes to get takeout or delivery. HelloFresh is more than just dinners. You can also stock your fridge with easy breakfasts, lunches, snacks. Just shop HelloFresh Market. Add any of these tasty time-saving solutions to your weekly box. Now, Rob, you're a busy man. I'm a busy man. I get home from work. It's 6, 7.30 at night. I don't want to cook. With HelloFresh, the meals are waiting for you at your doorstep. What, what are we doing? And no longer will I have to order a giant pizza like Rob uh, Tebbit does on, on fight night. We have tasty, healthy meals because me and Rob are getting up there in age. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50boxing and use code 50boxing. 50% off. Pretty much giving it away. Plus, f- next 15% off uh, the following two months. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50boxing. Start using America's number one meal kit today. We're in the show quickly with this, Rob. Um, Terrence Crawford. Man, does that guy have a lot of hatred in his heart. And I say that kindly. That guy can keep a grudge. That guy can tweet with the best of them. His latest is Danny Swift Garcia says, I, I would love to fight um, Terrence Crawford one day. Uh, Keith Thurman has been talking about fighting Terrence Crawford for a long time. He was in Vegas when we were there looking for a fight. Uh, he went to Vegas looking for a fight with Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence, and he left with maybe a fight with Clarissa Shields. But that's just Keith Thurman's career at this very moment. But Terrence Crawford fires back, and I, I love this tweet so, so much. My oh my, how the tables have turned. Danny Swift and Keith Thurman, will I will never, and I mean never, get a shot at the top dog, and that's me. Oh, some of this I can't repeat. Y'all blank blanks didn't want no smoke when I wanted to fight, remember? Now... Y'all want to fight so bad. Go keep fighting each other like before. A lot of hatred there. A lot of venom. You can just feel it through the through the tweet and, and feel what Crawford, who feels like he was frozen out uh, of that welterweight picture for years, when a lot of it was his own doing, re-signing with, with top rank, but that's not going to stop Terrence Crawford from keeping that hatred in his heart. I love this. I actually don't want to see Crawford fight Danny Garcia or Keith Thurman, so I have no problem with him being petty and, and not giving us those fights. But, man, oh, man, Crawford is really, really enjoying this victory lap and enjoying being the top dog. You can just see it with Crawford, that that sort of stuff drives him and fuels him and being that and having those doubters. And, you know, some fighters need that and some fighters need to feel like the world is against them. And look, who knows what happens behind closed doors with regards to negotiations. Again, you know, top ranks pretty much lone star and lone light at 147 pounds of recent times. And Al Heyman's super well-stocked 147 pound roster. Again, I think this is the third time in in the show that we've talked about politics and things like that. So we'll never really know the truth. Um, but I just feel like Crawford just thrives on that. He loves people. <laughs> we were at the press conference where where I was actually sat behind. I think it was a, a cousin of Errol Spence. And you can just see in Crawford Crawford's eyes where they just narrow when somebody gives him that. Yeah. And he loves it. He latches onto it. He's the type of guy. I mean, we all watched The Last Dance um, where you have the bit where Jordan is, is kind of inventing gripes in his head <laughs> and inventing things yeah. in his head. And to me, I could definitely, I don't know Terence Crawford, of course, but like I, I could definitely see him being one of them. Definitely see him using that, that siege mentality to get him fired up. He is a, you know, he's a, I'm sure a very lovely man to his friends and family, <laughs> but he's a, is a, he's a nasty man. He's a dog. Crawford. Call him a dog. Yeah, he he's got that dog. People, him. He really does. And, you know, people, he's a wonderfully skilled and talented fighter. Absolutely. And he's great to watch. But he he can do it 
any which way you want, inside the ring or outside the ring. You wouldn't want to bump into Terence Crawford. Um, my man Barry Jones, shout out Barry Jones, yeah. said um, he's the type of guy that when you when he's eighty years old, if you walk past him and look him in the wrong way, you're in trouble. <laughs> you you know his, and that not everybody. I I believe it's I believe it's real from him. What he's saying is real. It's how he feels. I don't think anything is really for promotion. We've seen over no. the years, he's not one to to waste words. And there's there's the brilliant clip of him talking to Gary Russell. That is him. Yep. That's who he is and that's what he wants. And yeah, I don't want to see Danny Garcia versus... I quite like Danny Garcia's response, I have to say. I thought that was the quite real funny. estate stuff? Uh, yeah, he was like, oh, bro, I don't need to fight you. I'm rich, which is, you know, we take from that what you will. Right, I don't need to fight you. I'm rich, but hey, everyone go out and, and watch me fight Arizlandy Lara at 154 pounds uh, whenever we may get that fight. But I'm rich and I have real estate. I, I'm not buying. I like Danny Garcia for what, for what he was at the time. But it like, was kind I think of unashamedly bad. Wasn't yeah, it? it was just like. Right. And I, I think that boxing fans do have such a, like a no BS filter. That they've moved on from from Danny Garcia. They've moved on from Keith. If you're not in the ring entertaining us twice a year now, at least you're almost forgotten about. And that's just the way it is. And for Crawford, he's 35. Like, I mean, he only has like three or four big fights left. And I mean, he's looking at Canelo. He's looking at uh, Spence um, rematch because that has to happen contractually, at least we think. Um, and then maybe, uh, you know, a Charlo at 154 and all that. I don't think anyone wants to see a Thurman or, or Danny Garcia. I, I agree with you. The, the the mindset of this guy is next level. You know, we've, I've heard stories in the top-ranked gyms and his camps, how competitive they are, even right down to ping pong. Um, you all saw the story, or, or if you haven't, uh, you should check it out, of, of, of Crawford. His upbringing was brutal. Uh, his mom not believing in him, saying going to be nothing. Like, that right there is probably what fuels him the most. Um, it was a shocking clip, uh, but that's just Terrence Crawford entertaining us um, in in the ring and out of the ring. Rob, you have entertained us here on Inside Boxing Live. Um, you're a big time guest here. Uh, you're my the first person I think of when Chris Algieri goes down with a terrible, terrible sickness. There was times where you've been on this show numerous times, so I, I appreciate you jumping in. Can't wait to see you in Vegas. Are you going to be doing the live stuff? You're going to be doing all that. You guys are crushing it out there. We will be. We'll be. Um, we'll be doing the live, uh, live show, whatever you want to call it, from from the um, the media tent. The Let's media hope it's not as well, windy. Hopefully not. Yeah, it was. Um, it, it sounded like we were going to take off a few times while we were there. But no, I mean, I'll I'll be there and I'll be absolutely loving it. Being nice. back in big time boxing. Look, Dan, I can say this to you as my American brethren. There's not that much going on over here, Dan. No. Like, I have to travel 5,000 miles for a fight. What is going on in. out by you, man? I put a tweet out on Saturday, no boxing. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get put up my life goals and dreams and aspirations. My goal is to one day get come over to you, come over to the UK for a big fight. And then all the comments were like, hey, mate, there ain't no big fights here. Like you might get a domestic scrap or uh, you might have to head over to Saudi because there ain't no big fights heading in the UK, which stinks because me and Algeria want to come over there. We want to hang out on, on the double-decker uh, buses. We want to go in the the, the, the red uh, photo uh, phone booths and all the terrible other stereotypes I can throw out there. We want to do it all. <laughs> What's going on in the UK scene, man? It's a good question. It's a good question. I think, um, I mean, I could go on for a long time. I won't. Um, but <laughs> I think in a nutshell, Politically, it's never been worse over here than it is now. Uh, we kind of just about managed to to get by with the whole Queensbury and Matram twosome. 
since Boxer and Ben Shalom have entered the party, yeah. uh, of course, backed by Sky Sports, which is the biggest platform over here. It has, you know, it's been great for fighters in a sense of being paid very well because it's a very competitive market. But when you invest a lot of money in a fighter, which we've seen in in some bouts recently, um, you know, your broadcaster is not willing to sacrifice you to a rival. So that stood in the way of some of of some of the domestic fights over here. And on the world stage, you know, there was there was a, a period of time where there there was I think fourteen world champions at one stage from the UK. Yeah. That. That is a distant memory at this moment in time. Um, we we're going through a little bit of a, I think, a transitional mm-hmm. period. Um, which you know it happens. These things tend to ha- <laughs> in boxing very very uh, um, topical. These things tend to happen in cycles. Yeah, highs and lows. Um, but um, yeah, we we you know we don't have those. We Fury is boxing Francis Ngannou in Saudi. Uh, Joshua, I don't know what he's doing. Um, He's not boxing Deontay Wilder. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know what else we have to offer. Chris Eubank Jr. is calling out Canelo, but I think oh, Canelo's probably got some some yeah. USA stuff to I be to be getting on with. Uh, so pretty got, much what but, you're saying is, I'm not. Uh, me and Chris are are never gonna. He's been there. Um, me and him together as the boxing uh, inside boxing line unit aren't gonna make it over there for a big fight for a while. Unfortunately not. As much as it'd be great to have you and I could show you all of the the stereotypical sites and get you a nice full English breakfast. No. Um, I don't want that pudding. <laughs> Keep that pudding away from me. Listen, don't knock it until you've tried it, man. I will try. I'll try anything once. That's that's my mantra. I know Algeria's down to try. Maybe not now. Uh, he's in he's in bad shape. Yeah, I, I'm not sure he, black pudding is going to help. <laughs> no, him it's not. That, he needs honest. something other than that. Uh, Rob Tebbett, I appreciate the time. I'll see you out in Vegas, my friend. Onwards and upwards. Always a pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, everybody, make sure you check out Dan Canobio, John Boy Media. Big it up every time. We'll see you soon. <laughs>